Um, if you guys don't know me, my name is Pastor Jake, and I am pumped for tonight. Who's ready for tonight? I, uh, I have an amazing topic that we're going to go into. Hey, and if you're, if, seriously, Sunday night, I have, I'm going to preach on Sunday night. Like, I, like, I preach, but like Sunday night, the Lord's giving a message. Like, if you're comfortable in your faith, don't come on Sunday night. If you're like happy where you are, then just don't come Sunday night. But if you're like, I want like the good hard truth, like come Sunday night, it's, it's going to be good. So, uh, I mean, we should always preach that way, but Sunday night's going to be special. So, uh, before I get into my message, um, the Lord was, we were in, in intercessory prayer before service, and, and I was praying for the night and just, you know, just centering myself and just asking the Lord, what does he want to do tonight? It's, it's not, a, we, don't want, we, we don't want every, we don't want Thursdays to be normal, right? We don't want it to be like, oh yeah, we just went to church and we sat down and we listened to the message, went to community, like, yeah, we just went to church. We want it to be like, every week is a divine appointment for someone, right? Every week is a moment for somebody to encounter God and, and enter into that next level of relationship with Christ. And so, um, I was just praying about how to do this, but, so we were praying and Andy was praying with us. And he was just really sensing that the Lord wanted to really help people who are dealing with anxiety, like in panic attacks and stuff. And so I'm not going to ask you to stand up or anything, but um, I actually want to do say that I will say this: um, there is breakthrough for you, and there is relief for you coming soon. And I believe that tonight could be your night. But there is a, there is something required of you, because freedom is free, but it isn't easy. If you continue in the same patterns that you live in, freedom will never find you. See, often God finds us where we are, but his grace actually transforms us to do something differently. So tonight, if you're dealing with anxiety or depression, the Lord instructed me to tell you to either find a community leader or a friend and have them pray for you tonight. And if you'll do that, God will meet you in a special way. And so it's free, meaning that you don't have to earn it, but it's not easy because it requires you to to move and to do something and to take a step of faith. So if that's you, I challenge you to do that. Take, take that as a, as, a, uh, as a promise or as an encouragement to find a community leader or to find someone that you know and have them pray for you in your anxiety or your maybe panic attacks or your depression that you're, you're struggling with. Sound good? Amen. Amen. So let's just right now, I'm going to pray for all those people that, that are battling with that, that, that the Lord will just meet you tonight. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you're so good. You're so much better than we could ever imagine. God, we just, uh, God, we mourn with those who mourn right now that we just kind of enter ourselves into those into the lives of people, maybe that state of people who are dealing with anxiety that wake up panicked, that wake up sad and wake up uh, just not motivated and, and are stressed beyond belief. And God, we just, God, we just uh, think about those people right now. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Give them the boldness to take that step to ask for prayer tonight. And I thank you that, Jesus, you are faithful to meet them right where they are and to make a radical shift in their mind, into their identity, into the struggle that they're experiencing. That they may receive not just relief from feelings, but they would actually receive spiritual freedom tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. We are doing great on time. This is amazing. Amazing. So tonight, um, I'm talking about politics I'm talking about culture, I'm talking about vaccines, I'm talking about masks, I'm talking about MAGA, I'm talking about Black Lives Matter, and y'all are like, what the heck are we doing here right now? You're like, what is this guy? He is crazy. Y'all got your tomatoes, and you got your <laughs> Twitter out, and you're about to go. Anyway, I don't have Twitter, so sorry, that's, that's a bummer for you. Anyway, so uh, 
as we think about these things, and I, and I throw those out there into the environment, and all of you are like, what is gonna have, tonight's going to be like, you know? This is what I feel like when I think about politics, culture, vaccines, masks, Black Lives Matter, MAGA. This is how I assume people think and feel. First picture. This is kind of like the, the, the first picture. It's just like, yeah. It's just like, as soon as you get into that realm, it's like, it's like all the MAGA people are looking at Black Lives Matter and they're like, mm. Then all the Black Lives Matter people looking at MAGA like, mm. like not that, that that's how it actually is, but that's kind of like the vaccine people versus the anti-vaxxers and just all the political divide that we experience. That's kind of the image that I see, right? That's the image that I assume. And so as we think about these different topics, next picture, we think about these two guys that ran for president who are pro-Trump. Then you have the pro-Biden, you have the Republicans, you have the Democrats, and then you have all this divide in the middle of our country. And people are, have, you have family members, you have friends, you have coworkers that you have differences with. And it's just like really hard to be a human right now in America, especially over the last 18 months. It's really difficult to, to have positive emotions and feelings towards people who have different views than you. Not because of you, but because the entire culture is demanding you, you feel a certain way. They're demanding you, and if you don't feel a certain way, then you are somehow a part of the other group. They, they, they lump us all together in these nice and neat categories when nobody fits into a category. Nobody fits into one or the other. We are human beings that are filled with different perspectives, and we need to just navigate this divide. So, next picture. We have, oh, the masks. We have, we have, man, masks. Crazy. Division over masks, non-masks. Next picture. Oh, the vaccine. Man, did you hear that conspiracy theory about the vaccine? Did you hear about all those crazy people that don't take the vaccine? Did you hear all about the crazy people that do take the vaccine? Did you hear about all the crazy people that, literally, it's just like crazy. All the different sides that you take when it comes to a vaccine. Did you hear that the, the vaccine's going to kill you? Did you hear that if you don't take the vaccine, then you're going to die? Did you hear that? It's just like, oh my gosh, like it's so extreme. And some of you are like, what is going on tonight? I thought I'm at church. And guess what? You are at church, right? You are at church. Next picture. Oh, make America great again. Okay, next picture. Sorry, I'm just trying to offend all of you. Black Lives Matter. There it is. Yes. Like literally all these different aspects that divide us, and especially in the church, we don't know how to navigate differences. We don't know how to navigate differences. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about the, the, uh, the sermon, or I'm sorry, the Good Samaritan. I want to talk to you tonight about the Good Samaritan. And you may think, how does the Good Samaritan relate to anything that Jake just talked about? Well, I'm sorry, I don't know how I had my notes up earlier and my notes are not on my screen right now, so I'm just finding them. Give me one second. Um, talk to your neighbor about your favorite fast food restaurant. Ready, go. Okay. I, it's settled. Chick-fil-A is the best fast food restaurant ever. Okay, good. Good. So... I'm going to keep moving along here because we got 22 minutes. Let's do this thing. 
So today I want us to consider how we've been influenced by culture. Today I want us to consider, no, not me, I want us to consider how we've been influenced by culture. And it's crazy how we can be swept away by ideas, beliefs, and perspectives so easily because other people are being swept away. I think this is, this is not a stance on anything, but it's just, it is an interesting kind of like social experiment that people can post a black square, and this is not a stance on Black Lives Matter at all, but it's just crazy how like people start posting a black square, and then now all of a sudden everyone posts a black Like one day, it's like if you don't post the black square on Instagram, it's like something's wrong with you, right? And it's just like a crazy like social um, uh, experiment in the sense of how quickly we can be swept away into something, not because we actually believe in it, but because of self-preservation. It's not because we all supported Black Lives Matter. It's because we didn't want to be considered a racist. It's because we didn't want people to think of a certain way. So it's not about what you actually stand for. It's what you want your reputation to be, which is not virtuous at all. That's not a stance on Black Lives Matter at all. It's just a stance on all of these different aspects of our culture and how we've been influenced. And so how we can be swept away by that. I want, us to, I want us tonight, right, here's the bottom line. I want us to be swept away by Jesus and his narrative. Okay, be swept away by Jesus and his narrative. So I had this ex- experience about, I don't know, six months ago, nine months ago. I was tired, man. I went through so many crazy things in the last 18 months, just with the, all the political divide, all the, the election, all the vaccine stuff. Like, it was a lot. Let's just give ourselves a pat on the back that we're still alive. Like everyone just give yourself a pat on the back, you're still alive and you're still in church and you're still sane, at least mostly sane. Because um, the last 18 months were crazy. But I want us to, uh, about six months ago, the Lord started to convict me that I was being swept away by, the, by political narratives. The Lord was, he was convicting me that I was prioritizing politics and policy and, and different podcasts that I was listening, I was prioritizing that over his kingdom. And the Lord gave me this whole like thing about negative news and like how people are so, like this literally this whole like prayer, spoken word thing about negative news. And it was just ministering to my heart because I was being swept away by negative news. And so when I heard good news, I actually was pessimistic of good news because I was so consumed with bad news. And I was just like, I was like, I do not want to be that person, right? And so then I started reading this. As I was reading my scriptures, I came across the Good Samaritan, and then I came across another passage where Jesus heals the man who Peter, uh, Jesus, Peter cut the guy's ear off, and then Jesus heals the man's ear, if you're familiar with that story. We'll talk about it later. I read those two uh, accounts um, pretty close to each other, and the Lord started to show me and started to help me live out what I'm going to talk to you about tonight, which is being swept away by Jesus and his narrative. His narrative. So let's look at the Good Samaritan's story found in Luke 10, 25 through 37. Luke 10, 25 through 37. Instead of reading it to you, I actually have a clip from, a, it's called the Lumo Project, that I'm going to show you. It reads the entire account, but it's in kind of a, in a it plays it out in, dra- in a drama. So, we're going to play that right now. It's in Luke 10, but it's, it's the story of the Good Samaritan. You can play the video. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So this parable is, is, is very powerful. It's talking about loving our neighbors. It's a very... Uh, it's a very familiar idea for, for us in America to love your neighbor, but Jesus actually plays out what loving our neighbor looks like. So what you have to understand about uh, Jewish people and Samaritan people in the time that Jesus was telling this a parable was that Jews and Samaritans hated each other. They were prejudiced against each other. You could say they were racist against each other. They were cultural and political enemies, and so for Jesus to tell a Jewish audience that a Samaritan loving or, or sacrificing to help a Jew was loving your neighbor, this was a radical, this was a controversial teaching that Jesus was giving. Because it wasn't just Jewish people helping Jewish people, but it was a Samaritan loving a Jew. So today, we, we, it may not be a Jew and a Samaritan, but it could be a passionate BLM supporter and a MAGA fanatic. It could be a pro-vaccine person and an anti-vaccine person. It's a Biden supporter and a Trump supporter. It's a Republican and a Democrat. It's a progressive and a conservative. You see, he's not telling you just these people groups. He's telling an eternal truth that loving your neighbor is loving your enemy. Loving your neighbor is loving the person that culture tells you to hate. Loving your neighbor is loving the person who in your flesh gets underneath your skin because of the prejudice that your culture has. And so we all have 
prejudice. We all have leanings towards discrimination, not because we, 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 we celebrate those, but because of our sinful nature. And Jesus is telling us in the Good Samaritan that loving your neighbor is loving the person the world tells you to hate. And the devil is using politics, is using media, is using narratives in order to convince Christians to let their love grow cold. To justify themselves to say, I'm right and therefore I don't need to love and sacrifice. But Jesus never taught that. The way of Jesus is to love the vaccinated or the unvaccinated wherever you land politically in your opinions on that. Jesus tells you that you should love the Democrat or love the Republican wherever you fall in your politics. You see, it's not a matter of what policy you hold. It's a matter of which king you follow. Do you follow the king of American politics or do you follow the king of kings, Jesus, who came to radically shift the whole world so that you could live in a kingdom in any sort of government? You live, you don't live in the American kingdom. You live in God's kingdom. And so our allegiance is to him and not to the narratives that are on social media, on YouTube, on Instagram, and that are being pushed on university campuses and on the news and everywhere you go. Your job is not to be swept away by everything that's coming. Your job, your responsibility, your call is to be swept away by Jesus and his narrative. This is the teaching of the Good Samaritan. It is, not teach, it is not loving your geographical neighbor. It is loving the person that you, are, that you were grown up to hate. And some of us, we got parents that are saying all sorts of negative things at home about the other camp. Some of us have family members and coworkers, and they're all saying all sorts of things, and we try to hold back. We try to be Christian, but here's the deal. The reason is, is if you are not swept away by Jesus, you will be swept away by the world's narrative. You will be swept away by the right-wing narrative, that uh, critical race theory and, and the vaccine. You'll be swept away by all the narratives, and you'll think that America's going down the drain, and we're going to have a civil war, and you're going to be swept away into fear and buying a bunch of toilet paper. You're going to be swept away into fear that everything is going to crap. You're going to be swept away. Now, is there do some people really, is there some truth to that? I don't know. Maybe, but don't be swept away by it. And then if you're on the left side, you're being swept away that racism is, is the biggest issue that has ever existed and it is pervasive in every part of culture. You're going to be convinced that the super wealthy are stealing from everyone and they're super corrupt and we need to bring justice to the wealthy. You're going to be swept away to fight for the oppressed and fight for all those things and fight for the, for the immigrants coming into the country and give them the welfare and give them, mo- or give them money and give them help. And now listen, some of those good things and true things... Yes, but you better not be swept away. You better not be swept away. Because all of those things on the right and the left, they're all Trojan horses. They're all things that are leading you to put your trust in something other than Jesus. They're all enticing you and seducing you to trust that if only your candidate wins, then you'll be okay. Self-preservation. Don't be swept away by those narratives. Whichever ones you fall into. Should you be informed? Uh, Yes. But don't be swept away. Should you hold your beliefs with conviction? 
Sure. But not, with, not over-prioritizing your political and cultural beliefs over the mandate that the Good Samaritan shows us, which is to love those that we were raised to hate. I'm all up in your business tonight. I'm all up in my business tonight. <laughs> Let's be real. Man. The Samaritan love. You notice that the love was not in word? The Samaritan didn't show up and just say like, hey, man, that sucks. <laughs> man, I love you, bro. Hey, I'll, I'll call you an Uber, okay? <laughs> no, he's, no, he picked him up, put him on the donkey, paid his wages at the end, paid the two denarii just in case it cost too much. You see, Jesus isn't calling you to love them. He's calling you to get in their world. He's calling you to walk outside your echo chamber and to get into the life of somebody who's different than you and not just to appease them and say, oh yeah, you're right, but to love them in the midst of differences. And this is the beauty of the church is that we do not come based on political affiliation. We do not come united under a political party. We come with all of our history and all of our beliefs and opinions and we lay them at the altar of Christ and we say to God be the glory, grow us into a church that looks like Christ, help us to be gentle, love one another and, and bless others and of look out for myself and this is the church and you know why the church isn't growing because people are more consumed with politics than Jesus the reason why the church is not growing is because people when they go to their neighbors when I go to my neighbor's house I'm the one this is me I'm saying this was me I'm not I'm like the I need to hear this message why I'm preaching it I'm saying we go to our neighbors we, oh do you know about this oh my gosh yeah the world's going to crap I'm so oh man that's never gonna get better you have the hope of the world you have Jesus the, the, the gospel advances in first century in first century Rome. The church of Ephesus has a hundred thousand Christians inside of it, in the midst of a Roman culture that is burning Christians on the stakes. And yet, because of the hope and the trust they had in Jesus, everyone flocks to them. Now, I'm not telling you to not be a, to not. Be informed about politics. I'm telling us that if we get swept away by the narratives that our parents, that our professors, that our, that our Instagram accounts, that our social media, YouTube influencers, if we get swept away by their narratives, we'll be swept away from Christ and his mission. So this is in Luke 6. But I say to you, who hear, love your enemy, and do good to those who hate you. <laughs> this is Jesus teaching us. This is a great Red Flannel Thursday message, I'll tell you what. Matthew 5, 46, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? Man, I have so much to learn. Why love our enemies? We, not, we do not love our enemies to change their opinions. We do not sneakily love people in order to manipulate them into our political affiliation. We do not love our enemies to get them on our political side. We love them to testify to the resurrection of Jesus that we will love in the midst of all differences. <sighs> Why do we love our enemies? Romans 5.10 says, For while we were enemies, 
We were reconciled to God by the death of his son, and much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved. So we were God's enemies. Good thing he loved me. I was his enemy. The wrath of God was on me before Christ. It says that while we were, God chose his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, meaning that his love towards us extended to us before we changed. And I'm convinced that a lot of our problems and drama and tension is, is, it is political and it is, it is our, based on worldview, but a lot of it is because we live on the internet and we don't see people face to face. We make statements and comments and form views on what people post instead of viewing people as people and individuals. I'll say this statement right here. If we are disgusted, bitter, or angry at people who hold different views than us, it is a clear sign we have been swept away by something other than Jesus. If we are disgusted, bitter, or angry at people who hold different views than us. Now, listen, you're going to be tempted. This is so my parents. You're going to be tempted. Oh, this is so my coworker. You're going to be tempted right now. Oh, this is so this person, two people down from me right now. No, this is you. This is me. You see, don't listen for someone else. Listen for you. Search me and know me, God. Search me and know me. Remove any wicked way in me, God. You see, you can't afford to have an ounce of this. You can't afford to have any of this in your life, any of this disgust, anger, or bitterness towards people because of their political affiliation or their views on vaccines or masks. Look at yourself. <laughs> this is what it says in 1 John 4, 7 through 9. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever, has, uh, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Anyone, verse 8, who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. (laughs) This is a wild statement. It's a true statement. That if I am not loving towards my enemies, it says I do not know God. I don't even know him. It doesn't matter if you have a Christian bumper sticker. It doesn't matter if you have a Christian uh, I love Jesus in your Instagram bio. It doesn't matter about any of the claims that you make about yourself. If you do not love your enemy, it says you don't know, you don't know God. Because God himself loved you while you were his enemy. He was so gracious to you. How could you withhold love to others when you yourself have been given so much? You, this, is a, this is a call to young people to not fall into the trap and to be swept away by culture, but to be swept away by Jesus and his narrative. Jesus' narrative is the Good Samaritan. His story, his teaching is to love our enemies. Be swept away by that. Be swept away by the imagery of putting a man on the donkey, paying his wages. Be swept away by him getting down and wiping his wounds and paying his way. Be swept away by the way that Jesus instructs us to love our enemies. (sighs) 
(sighs) Be swept away by Jesus and his narrative. So we're going to break off into community groups here shortly. And we're going to take communion in groups. There's, There's a purpose to it. I'm convinced that the only way we will last, you guys, it's getting more and more divided every single day. The only way we will last is through communion. It's the only way. It's people who look across from each other and we say, you guys, I hold a different view on vaccines than you. I hold a different view on whatever, Black Lives Matter. I hold a different view on Trump. I hold a view, different view on all these different border crises. I hold, I, you, you guys, we hold all the different views, but then we go and we say, but Jesus. See, communion is the physical act of centering our relationships as Jesus as the priority. And you take that body and you realize his body was broken for me and his body was broken for you, the person that you disagree with. You drink the wine and you say his blood was poured out for me, his blood was poured out for my community. And we don't make what's not most important, most important, which is politics. It's all going to fade away. Listen, you're going to think, man, if only my, if only my, my candidate wins, then America's going to be saved. But the thing is, is everyone else is saying the same thing, and then they're all just a bunch of bozos anyway that get nothing done, and they all lie. So stop putting your hope in politicians, okay? I shouldn't be that boat. I mean, they're made in the image of God, and we should honor and respect our, our politicians, but it is God. Okay, I'm done. Okay, sir, keep going. Whew. I just mean that political people often don't tell the truth and they make empty promises. So we cannot afford to be blind and passive to the schemes of the spirits of, over our country that lurk all over social media and the internet. We cannot afford to be discipled by Netflix, by movies, or by TikTok. We have to be discipled by Christ. We have to consume our minds, our time, our imagination, our love, our faith with Jesus and his kingdom. We have to be swept away by Jesus. Kyle is my cousin. A lot of you know Kyle. and We were at a family gathering a few months back. And Kyle was telling about his uh, trip on, um, to the Met by Love tour. And he was telling about the amazing things God was doing. And he was talking, one of my family members asked him, what's your favorite, what was your favorite part of the trip? And he said, my favorite part of the trip was going to Portland. It was just so cool to see what God was doing in Portland. And he was telling all this good news about Portland. And all of a sudden, my uncle stopped him. And he goes, man, did you hear about Portland and what they did with that abortion law? Or did you hear what Portland did? They're not letting anyone from Texas into Portland because of the abortion law that Texas passed. And now they're stopping all, tra- all travel from Texas to Portland. And he starts, t- and, then my, and then someone else hops in. Oh, they're doing that? I can't believe it. Portland's such an evil place. Oh my God, that's so progressive, blah, 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 blah. And then they keep going about that. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, Kyle is telling about the amazing thing God is doing. But all work is swept away by is the evil the devil is doing. The devil. The evil that that media is telling us is going on. I'm like, how can we be so swept away by that when Jesus is doing so much in a city And yet all we can hear is the negative news. All we can hear is the controversy that shows me. Now, I'm not judging my family member. I'm not saying they're an evil person. I'm just saying, just like me, just like all of us, we can be so easily swept away by the voices of our culture 
that we miss out on what God's doing, especially loving our enemies. Here's this. The only way to avoid being swept away by cultural narrative is to be swept away by Jesus and his narrative. There's no neutrals, guys. There's no, you're either being consumed by culture or you're being consumed by Jesus. There is no middle ground. There is no fence. Either you gather, you scatter. You're in or you're out. And this is not a one-time Jesus I'm in. This is a daily. I need to be swept away in my rhythms, in my patterns, in my disciplines. I need to be swept away by Jesus and his narrative. You cannot afford to take one day off of Jesus. You cannot afford a day without your Bible. You cannot afford a day without prayer. You cannot afford a day without centering yourself on Jesus and his narrative. Because when you take a day off, you give a day to the devil. When you take a day off, you don't take it neutral, you take it backwards. And your life is too precious. Your life is not your own. You are bought at a price. And you cannot spend your days pursuing political means when God's kingdom is here and advancing. You will miss out on God's purpose for your life if you are swept away by culture. The culture will celebrate you. Look at you. You're standing for the right causes. Or so they say. It's not going to be popular to follow Jesus because the, right, the people on the right and the left will hate you. The Romans and the Jews will hate Jesus. It won't be popular, but guess what? You will please your Father in heaven. Who, that, that's our call, to please Jesus. To live a life worthy of the calling in which he's called us. So watch out. Be swept away by Jesus and his narrative. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour be watchful every day. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to, the, to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Be swept away by Jesus and his narrative. How I want to close tonight is I want to talk about, and by the story where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying just before he's about to be crucified. Wave your hand if you know the story, if you've heard of this story before. I'll tell it a little bit. That's a nice hand wave back there in the back. I see that. And we're talking about Jesus just about being crucified, and he's with his closest friends. And then this, the, the, the soldiers come to arrest Jesus to crucify him. Now I want you to just pause here and imagine this political. It's a political environment. It's not, Jesus was crucified because of politics. Okay. Jesus comes in, it's a political environment, right? And then he comes in, they're arresting him. And imagine Peter and all his friends, they're like sitting there and they're, they have their swords, they're ready. And you have soldiers with their swords, it's tense. It's like they're coming to arrest Jesus, they're watching Jesus. What is Jesus going to do? He's sitting there and they're about to arrest him and there's a sword. And then they come and they're talking to him and then Jesus, he speaks and then they all fall down. It's crazy, they get back up. They're going to arrest Jesus. Here they are, about to arrest the Son of God to crucify him. It's tense. It is, it is, it is, it is like a situation that we might be in in our culture where there's just tense politically, maybe not to the point where someone would kill someone, but anyway, it was tense. How is this going to go down? The soldiers start to aggressively advance towards Jesus, and this is what happens in Luke 22. Remember, this really ha this is our king. This is who we follow. This is our king. When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? 
And one of them, Peter, (laughs) struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear. And he healed him. What do you mean, Jesus? He is your enemy. He's trying to arrest you. He supports the Jews. He supports them. He's, the, he's, he's one of them. Don't you know what he believes? Jesus. It doesn't say he picks up an ear. He just says he touches his ear. Creative miracle. Restores the man's ear. His name's Malchus. I don't know about you. I am so swept away by Jesus. In the midst of chaos, he isn't phased. Instead of lumping the soldier in as one of his enemies, he views him him as an individual worthy of love, even though he isn't loving Jesus. Blood everywhere. His ear just chopped off by one of Jesus' friends. You deserve that. You had this coming to you. Trying to arrest the Son of God? Are you kidding me? Sorry, brother, you reap what you sow. You chose the wrong team. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus touches the man's ear, and he's healed. Will you be swept away by Jesus? By his narrative, by who he is. And I'm wondering if anyone in this room desires to be an ear healer. That when people, family members, coworkers come to attack you, you heal an ear instead of cutting one off. Jesus is our master, guys. He's our teacher. He's the one we follow. And he came not just to show us how to live, but he came to sacrifice himself so that his life, he rose from the dead so that he could send his spirit so that his life could fill you in a way that you didn't have to muster up this, but if you were connected and swept away by him in relationship, in prayer, in faith, that he would give you a new heart and he'd make you new so where you didn't even have to respond and bite your tongue, but you could actually be a new person and love just like he loves. Will you be swept away? by Jesus and his narrative. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes and we're going to pray. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you just confirm this message in Jesus' name. God, that we wouldn't look to our parents, we wouldn't look at our neighbors, we wouldn't look at, at coworkers, we wouldn't look at anyone. God, we would look at ourselves and we would say, God, how could I be an ear healer? How can I be like that good Samaritan? How can I be swept away by Jesus and his narrative. And if you're here tonight and you are lost, Jesus desires to save you from your sin and to give you eternal life. He says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If that's you and you just want to give your life to Jesus, raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, I see see hands going up all over the place. Praise God. Just everyone, just, just pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, just thank you for loving me. Jesus, you're incredible. You died on the cross for me. And you rose back to life so that I could have eternal life. Fill me up 
Empower me by your Holy Spirit. Surround me with the right people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you guys. Thank you for, uh, I just, thanks for sticking in there with me. I, I truly believe this is a timely message for us as we go into Thanksgiving. <laughs> we go into seeing family members. And I just challenge you not to, not to take this, but to take it to heart, to pray about it. So here's how we're going to kind of close up tonight. We do have community groups, but before we do that.